That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Coach Cordy Chiesa with you. It's brought to you, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz win tonight over the Hornets, one oh nine to ninety two. Let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz shot fifty percent, fifty point six percent from the field, forty of seventy nine. They were eighteen to forty two from three, forty two point nine percent. Led by Jordan Clarkson, who had twenty points on eight of fifteen. Shooting. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich with 16 points. Rudy Gobert with 15 points, 13 rebounds, five block shots. Uh, George Niang had 15 coming in off the bench. Joe Ingles with 11. And Emmanuel Moutier with 10 points coming off the bench. Moutier led the team in assist coach with uh, with six. And just really an, an all-around effort. Ed Davis, the only Jazz player who didn't score tonight. Uh, and again, Donovan only had four on two of nine shooting on, in 22 minutes, but uh, been battling an illness, uh, kind of some rumors out there about that and they didn't need Donovan to have a big night tonight coach because Moutier did Emmanuel Moutier with in jazz basketball he's really resurrecting his career let's not forget he was the second he was the seventh pick of the draft back in 2015 and his previous two teams uh, meaning the uh, Denver Nuggets and the New York Knicks where he played relatively well it didn't work out totally he comes to the jazz in a one-year contract and he's outperformed it and, and he's a huge part of the Jazz bench. What he does very well is he has that shoulder game where he can penetrate, take the hit, and get into the painted area and make plays. He can shoot over the top of you. He can take the ball to the top of the basket, but most of all, he kicks it out to the corner for the rhythm three, either by George Niang, by Boynton Bondanovich, Joe Ingles, or Royce O'Neal. So he has absolutely played the top of his game. Direct correlation. Him playing at a high level and Jordan Clarkson being there, the Jazz bench has gotten very, very well quickly. I love uh, Emmanuel. <coughs> excuse me, Emmanuel Moutier's story this year. I talked to him before the season began, right when he got here, Coach, and he told me that he could have had some opportunities with other clubs to start, but that he kind of and his agent, his agent, gave him the advice: go to the Jazz and get better. Go to the Jazz and maybe you come off the bench and maybe your role isn't as big as it was with the New York Knicks, but round out your game and get to be a better player. And it seems like he's taking that charge very seriously, and we're certainly seeing that. It's his fifth year in the league, and it's a level of maturity. Let's not forget, he came out after after 19 years old. He's supposed to go to SMU. There was an eligibility problem. The coach was, ironically, was Larry Brown, and he went overseas to China. He comes back from China. He's the seventh pick of the draft, and it suddenly doesn't work out. Now, with in jazz basketball, it does work out. He's at a place where his teammates are encouraged. And that's it's such a, a huge factor when you're a younger type player, whether you're Emmanuel Moutier or Tony Bradley type guys, when the main guys, meaning Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, um, Boyan Bondanovich, and now Donovan is so young, but he's a main performer, where they encourage you. They, they, when you make a mistake, instead of being down on you, they, they, they pat you up and try to help you uh, go, uh, play forward. And that's Emmanuel Moutier. He's responded. Uh, he has, and he was really good again tonight. He he obviously was great against the Knicks uh, the other night with 20 points. Tonight he had 10, but, I mean, six assists. And and as uh, Coach Vince LaGarza pointed out at halftime, he had a bunch of hockey assists too where he's just getting the play going and uh, the Jazz are moving the basketball. Tonight, uh, in Locke talked a lot about this, uh, but tonight was all about open catch-and-shoot threes, and it's what they did to Charlotte a few weeks ago, and the Hornets didn't really adjust much, Coach, and the Jazz did the same thing again tonight. Well, the Hornets had two uh, concerns. They overhelped early and they couldn't contain the dribbler. And so that's a bad formula. And so so now they're in the lane. The Jazz players are in the lane, meaning Donovan Mitchell, Emmanuel Moutier, 
uh, uh, Jordan Clarkson. They're in the lane, and they're either making shots over the top or kicking it out to the corner. All because of the non-containment, generally speaking, by the Hornets' uh, perimeter defenders. All right, let's throw things down to the podium. Coach Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. Quinn, in the first quarter, you were, as a team, able to force seven turnovers and score 14 points off of those turnovers. Um, what, what really led to the success defensively? Was it just a commitment to doing the little things? Um, I think it's the front end of the possession. Um, you know, the types of turnovers we were getting, we usually, excuse me, we, we defended a couple different situations or we defended a pick and roll and we were disciplined. And, you know, sometimes when you're disciplined, you, you fall into those things as opposed to, you know, trying to get a turnover. You know, we're trying to be fundamental. And part of being fundamental is you're in the right spot and then you're able to make a play. David? You've had two pretty comfortable wins here at home. What do you have to do better going out on this three-game road trip? Well, I think, you know, anytime you play well, you know, win, but, you know, what, however you win, uh, the challenge is consistency. So if we had two good quarters, then the next quarter's got to be that way. And I think... It's the same, you know, from game to game as it is from minute to minute, basically, where, you know, you don't build a lead and then give it back because you let up. Um, and I think that's that would be how I would see it. Um, just generally our, our focus and doing the things we, we need to do. Um, well, there were some, we're doing some good things. Uh, it's how we're sharing the ball. And, it, you know, it's... You know, we had some issues spacing earlier in the year. We just didn't kind of have an idea how to be in the right spot for one another. And, you know, to me, that's the biggest part of our connectivity. Guys are, you know, in, in they're spaced where they can be available for, for a pass. And then we've got some guys, you know, Emmanuel getting in the lane and, you know, poised in the lane and, and controlling the game and you know, finding people. He must have had three or four assists that were... You know, his pass out and one more, you know, the hockey assist. So um, I'd like for us to keep doing what we're doing. And, um, you know, it, we have to keep guarding. I mean, that, that's where we find our consistency. You're going to have nights where you don't shoot it. Um, you know, as we said, we're getting some stuff off our defense too. To kind of piggyback <clears throat> off of that, that's also the second straight game where your starters don't have to go over 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Does does that add up in a positive way as far as rest goes, kind of a load management in a sense? Um, you know, sometimes the game provides you the opportunity. To, in, as much as anything, we're getting some other guys a chance to play, um, particularly guys, you know, Rajon and, and Juwan and Jordan. So it gives them a chance to find, you know, find a rhythm and, and uh, you know, get more and more comfortable with what we're trying to do. There's game, you know, there was a stretch there where guys were playing heavy minutes. Um, and at that point, the game dictated that. So, um, you know, you always, you know, you always want to do, you know, to essentially maximize, you know, every opportunity. And if it presents itself that way, um, I think that's a, a good thing. Rudy had another dominant effort against this team after kind of doing the same in Charlotte. What's made him so successful against uh, this opponent in particular? I think he's his instincts defensively. Um, you know, obviously are terrific, and I think he's been more disciplined on the defensive end. He hasn't reached at times, which kind of takes him out of position where he can't impact. And as much as anything, the other guys have been communicating better with him. I think the the relationship that he has, particularly in pick and roll, with the guy that's guarding the ball. Um, if there's a situation where we need to switch, you know, that, that connectivity on the defensive end, you know, allows him to, to really impact the game. And then really, you know, offensively, if you come watch Rudy work out before the game um, and in practice every day, you know, he, he's been very focused and committed um, on details. You know, he, something as simple as an outlet. You know, he threw an outlet the other game. I thought it was uh, Kevin Love. Um, you know, his footwork, the drive he made today, going left, um, you know, I think his anticipation. And he's, you know, in a sense, 
there's a lot of situations where Rudy's just flat on the baseline, and, and that can feel um, like you're not involved, so to speak. But him spacing there allows other things to happen, and I think his teammates have gotten better. Um, no different than a guy in the corner throwing it to him for a corner three. You know, they're, they're finding Rudy, um, you know, around the rim, and he's done a great job of, of catching the ball too. Which sounds like an easy thing, but sometimes those interior passes are tough to handle. So, a lot of a lot of things that Rudy's doing right now um, that he he's improving. And, you know, it's always a challenge um, to continue to get better as a player. Um, we saw Boyan get to some spots today and um, a few situations that have been kind of, we call them hot spots for him and uh, same thing. But in Rudy's case, you know, it, it, he always takes a challenge. And, you know, that, you know, that I wouldn't call it a challenge, but we've been, and Alex in particular, have... Um, Laid out some specific things for him to do with his with his footwork too, so that you know dribble handoffs, all those things. Um, he takes a lot of pride in that. So his playmaking ability um, out on the floor, just you know, it, it doesn't have. It's not playmaking in the way that you know Donovan would make a play, but it's equally effective when he's precise. And to be precise, you know, that's simple fundamental things that um, you have to work on and repeat and repeat, and then they become habits and. A lot of times guys don't want to work on that stuff. It's not glamorous. You know, to go out there and pivot and pass, but you see it show up in the game. And uh, I'm really I'm really proud of it's, it's hard to get better during the season, and it's something we try to emphasize, whether it's individual players watching film with, with coaches or it's stuff they're doing before practice or after practice, and in particular shoot-arounds. You know, and, and Rudy's been really focused, like in every situation, and I think he's you're seeing the fruit of that. Coach, you mentioned. I thought the, that would get me off the hook. Oh, talk for I, 10 minutes. one real quick one here for mm -hmm. you. you. You mentioned the improved spacing that you're seeing from this team right now. Has that also led to more aggressive play driving to the basket? It seemed like Boyan was more aggressive tonight and finding the right guys in the right places. He's not only just looking for his own shot, but he's really looking for other guys too. Yeah, it's kind of ironic. We've been the, the, we've been on him to, to shoot, and you saw a couple times tonight where you know someone was flying at him and he had a little escape dribble and, and got the shot. But yeah, the, earlier in the year he was kind of shaking up, coming up out of the corner, and he's got his feet set. I think he's reading before he gets the ball better. So his decision of whether to shoot, pass, or drive is, is just become clear for him. And you know, maybe one of the biggest things, in addition to spacing, is our, our guys have really taken ownership of, of making accurate passes. And when the ball is right there, it allows you not just to shoot it, but to do what you're talking about, to drive. If you have to catch it up here, it's hard to drive it. So I think everybody's right now, I mean, guys are making each other better. Okay. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. We'll talk about what he had to say coming up right around the corner. I want to remind you, the Jazz win, you win. The day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you'll receive a free, large, extra-most, bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ. All one word. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. I want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz winners tonight, 109 to 92. We'll continue to break it down coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz beat the Hornets tonight, 109-292. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. Let's get to your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA. At Serta with a C, we do painting, you do life. The Jazz outscored the Hornets tonight in the paint, Coach, 44-40. to But tonight, not really about uh, the Jazz scoring the paint, although uh, Rudy, of course, was, uh, was terrific uh, with his uh, fifth 15 points to go along with his 13 rebounds but you know on a night where they go 18 of 42 from three I mean tonight was about the open the open look coach yes 
but the ball was in the paint. So instead of being an old-school two-footed catch minus Rudy on short corner spacing, and he was uh, back uh, cutting on the baseline, and Donovan and Emmanuel Moody were finding him, they, the Jazz perimeter players, drivers, penetrators, they got into the high, high paint and kicked it out for the corner three. So the Jazz uh, marginally outscored the, the Hornets 44-40, but a huge factor was that the Jazz drivers were paint residents. Jake, they lived in the paint all game long. The Hornets had a difficult time of ball containment, and the Jazz were getting the angle game with the shoulders, meaning everyone was driving past their initial uh, point-of-attack defender and making plays or pass-offs or pull-ups. So the points in the paint were advantageous for for the Jazz, but more importantly, it created the open rhythm threes. Big night for George Niang coming in off the bench. It felt like he couldn't miss at times. Uh, five of nine shooting. All nine shots came from three-point area coach, and he made five of them, obviously. He had 15 total points tonight, three rebounds, and two assists. And let's throw down to the locker room now where Tony Parks is standing by with George. You feel it when you're out there. You know, guys are clicking, guys are flying around, guys are smiling, you know, playing for each other. And, you know, that's a way better feeling than, you know, being individualized out there and, and not playing together. Charlotte commits seven turnovers in the first quarter. What was working for you guys defensively? Really? Seven turnovers? I mean, that's coach was preaching defense, you know. Ever, yeah, ever, ever since we, ever, ever since we got back from uh, our road trip, and that's what's been helping us out. He said, obviously we're making shots, but our defense is what we're going to hang our hat on. So, um, so, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. But um, you know, defense is what we hang our hat on. So obviously, turning them over was a way for us to get extra possessions. And whenever you get extra possessions, it's a lot easier to score. These have been two pretty comfortable wins at home. What do you have to do better? It's probably going to be harder on the road. Uh, just continue to defend. Uh, you know, when we defend and um, stop people on the road, we tend to you know win games whether we're making shots or not. So that's what we're going to continue to do as our defense travels. And like you said, we have Rudy. So that's. A big help. Sorry about that. Where, where can you still stand to improve on the defensive end? <sighs> I have to really think on this one. We're really good. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, you know, I, I just continue to get into guys and co- always contesting shots. You know, um, shot percentages go down drastically when you add a contest. So I just think we can continue to improve on that and close possessions with uh, defensive rebounds. Have you sped up your release? Does it look fast? It's probably the only thing that's fast in my life. But yeah, no, I've tried to. I mean, obviously, guys are getting out quicker to me, and uh, you know that's something I've been working on the last couple games. And hopefully, the ball keeps going in. It feels good when it goes in. Is that something that you've had to work and practice with in order to kind of get there, where, or is that something that you've had and just kind of need to make a conscious? Um, I think you just got to have a conscious effort of it. Uh, you know, I've been shooting the ball for a long time, and I just think you just need to make a conscious effort about speeding it up. Guys, that's George Niang. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony and George. Once again, was terrific tonight with 15 points. But even George, who's you know more or less a three-point specialist coach, he's talking about playing defense. How can they? You heard him answer DJ's question. How can they keep this up going out onto the road? And he basically just said, keep playing defense as hard as you can. It's that certainly that mentality this Jazz team has. Yes, it does, and it starts with with uh, guarding the ball. So the Jazz players have improved dramatically on their individual on-ball defense, and then the help the helper defensively is there as far as giving support assistance when there is penetration. Rudy tries to take away the initial uh, dribble drive to the basket and then the third or fourth defender is rotating underneath and putting a body and taking away the, the, the pass off or kick it out to the corner, and the Jazz are highly motivated as far as sprinting out. George Niang is, is a position defender. His footwork is really good. His foot speed's only average, but his mind is fast. So a lot of times, Jake, if your feet are somewhat slower, you have to have uh, active hands and a quicker mind. And that's what really uh, George Niang does very well. So does Joe Ingles. And they, they both play with an edge defensively, and that's what you need. And Royce O'Neal, uh, speaking of defense... He really locked down Devontae Graham, where 
Devontae Graham, who's averaging 18.9 points per game, only shot two for nine. Royce O'Neal would not let him get really an a uncontested shot. Royce uses length. He uses, uh, he uses positioning. And most of all, he was just so gritty that he refused to let Deontay Graham get the ball and, and shoot, the, ball, shoot the, uh, the, the rock and rhythm. And that was a huge part of early in the game when the Hornets had a hard time scoring. Just real quick on on George um, before we completely move on from him, Coach. Um, you heard, I think it was Andy Larson of the Trib asking him about his uh, release being quicker, and he acknowledged that certainly is something that uh, that he's worked on. That's something they did with Joe Ingles a couple of years ago too, Coach. They really worked on his release and being quicker. Talk about how that can can really benefit a shooter like George Niang. Very much. So the ball's in flight here, so it's a shot preparedness. When the ball's coming towards you, you already have your hands in the shooting slot. And when the ball hits your inside hand, the second the ball hits your inside hand, your, your guide hand is now going to catch the ball and your shooting hand is going to thrust into it. So your whole, your whole preparation is based on base footwork, but on that catch, it's that initial a ball hitting your other hand, the your non-shooting hand, that you catch and fire. And George and Joe Ingles have mastered that. So is Boyan Bondadovich. So all three of the Jazz gunslingers, in a good way, they have that quick release. Now, in Jazz basketball, one of the all-time greatest ever quick releases was Jeff Hornacek. Mm. When that ball hit his inside, when the ball's past the inside hand, that tells the shooter, catch and fire. On the outside hand catch, it tells the receiver to catch and go drive. So inside catch, fire. Outside catch, catch and go drive. George Niang, please give me the hot sauce. <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, I mean, I guess you could use hot sauce with this next feature. Everybody uh, everybody at the game tonight, all Jazz fans are big Miles Bridges fans, Coach. You know why? Yes, I do. He missed two free throws in the fourth quarter. And during the fourth quarter, any time a player from the opposing team misses two consecutive free throws, the entire state of Utah wins a free original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. And, of course, that's the same player on the same trip to the foul line in the same game. Uh, Offer redeemable only through the Chick-fil-A app. You must have the location services turned on in the app in order to claim your sandwich. When activated, you must claim the offer in the Chick-fil-A app within 48 hours and have five business days to redeem it. This offer... Offer is no longer connected to tickets or attending at the game. Limit one entry per user. And, uh, you know, Coach, on the Charlotte side of things, you know, everybody's loving uh, Miles Bridges, but uh, you were right when we opened this thing up. Uh, they really had one player who was effective at all tonight, and that was Terry Rozier. And and this, uh, granted, the Charlotte team is not the most talented team in the league, far from it, but there are a couple of players. Uh, Devontae Graham, we talked about him, and he basically did nothing tonight. You know, Miles Bridges is, is a decent young piece. You know, Washington they got in the draft. Uh, but uh, really, the only one who had any sort of effectiveness tonight for the Hornets coach was Terry Rozier. And that was off the dribble so he was penetrating and he he made some really wonderful pocket jump shots. So in the high pick and roll, Donovan was guarding him. Donovan was trying to go either over or under on the screen and then Terry Rozier they flipped the screen often and Terry was making that pocket jump shot as Donovan tried to recover on it. He's got ball skills. He replaced he replaced basically Kembe Walker. Now Kembe Walker is an all-star who now plays for the Celtics and and the Celtics have a really an elite team for them, Eastern Conference. For the Hornets' point of view, they fall back was Terry Rozier, and he's a solid player. But they need more than him. They, their big guy, the big guys, got to score. Rudy dominated the paint. Part of it is because Bismarck Biombo is really no uh, scoring threat, and Cody Zeller had a difficult time of shooting over Rudy's length. So here you are, an NBA team. You're relying only on jump shooting. It's almost impossible to win. All right, let's go back down to the locker room. Tony Parks is standing by with Joe, Joe Ingles. Tone? Coming into the game, knowing the scout and uh, obviously executing it. And um, I think with every team, you know bits of what they're trying to do, what they're trying to find, and you try and make it tough on them. And obviously for them, it's the, the two guards they've got. And um, Donovan and Royce at the start of the game did a great job, and job on them. And um, the bigs being at the point where we wanted them to be. And... Um, yeah, I think we just made it kind of tough on them from the start. And flip side of that, when you're able to score on the other side of, of getting stops, obviously the, the game's a bit easier. So I think we got off to a good start, but we played 48 minutes and the guys who finished the game um, played just as well as the guys that, that started it. 
obviously you're getting good play from boys, from George, and they're kind of following the same career path you did, coming in with nominee expectations and the bench and then working their way up. What do you see them doing that's gotten them on this good track? I think they've just followed me. I've, I'm a mentor for them. Um, they've followed every step of my career, and I'm proud. I'm proud that I've got two uh, young fellas follow. No, nah, they've been. I mean, they deserve it. They've they've worked hard. Um, I remember them both coming in. I think the first time I met Royce was in LA or San Diego or something in a preseason thing we did, and from that day he's he's worked his ass off to get to where he is now. And, and same with George, he um, was on a two-way in the G League, two ways, a couple of different teams, and um, has obviously found a home. Oh, they both found a home. Really, I don't think they'll be going anywhere anytime soon. So. Um, I mean, it's a credit to them, obviously, to, to get to that position and then to, to be able to go out there and actually execute and um, and do what they're really good at um, when they've they've got their opportunities. Do you have a good George had on the team spacing overall? <laughs> yeah, a lot, I think. Um, I mean, that's what he, he shoots the ball, obviously, really well. Um, I, I think he's underrated defensively for, for what he does for us and... Um, there's been multiple times this year people have tried to switch him onto the ball and he's done a great job of, of keeping him in front and um, he needs to stop apologising when he takes a heat check he's done that in the last two games but um, no he's been great he, he, I mean everyone that's our whole team this year is, it's a reason we did what we did with our team was to, to get that spacing and, and open that court up for the second straight game, starters don't have to go more than 30 minutes. Do you notice a different a difference physically, a beneficial difference? Yeah, I, uh, my RPE score is probably the lowest I've given all year tonight. It's, um, I mean, it's nice. It's, um, like I said, to, to play well and, and get the lead is great. But for those guys to also go in and not just get an opportunity, but to, to keep a lead and um, and do what they did and, and play roles and, and play really well. Um, Again, that's why we've built our team the way we've built our team. We're deep and guys can come in at, at any point. Um, if guys are injured or, or if the game is like it is tonight, we those guys get an opportunity. There's no um, kind of step down or anything. George's uh, this nickname is really catching on, the minivan. He is the minivan. What makes him the minivan? Where's that come from? <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> it's like one of those like Kia... I don't know what they call Kia Carnival or something like that. Are they called here? I don't know what they, in Australia they're called a Kia Carnival. <laughs> if you put a, uh, if you put him next to a picture of that, it's like a perfect mirror image of what George is. Efficient. I ain't gonna go too far into it because it'll uh, get me in trouble. But he's dependable. He's a great. He's a great basketball player. If he gets an endorsement because of this, I mean, you're getting half of that right now at this point. Uh, at least uh, something. I could actually use a minivan. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it's probably more useful than a couple of other cars I've got. So, um, now I'm all about it. Renee can drive it, but I'll take it. I won't be driving it. <laughs> Guys, that's Joe Ingles. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Joe Ingles tonight, 11 points on three of six shooting. He was three of five from three, two of two at the line. He had three assists, a steal, uh, a couple of turnovers. But uh, you were talking a little bit about uh, encouragement and this Jazz team, and that's kind of their vibe. I think a lot of that comes from a guy like Joe Ingles. He's the team leader. He's the heart and soul beside Donovan Mitchell with the group, especially on perimeter. A lot of times, Jake, when you uh, have the ball often, you can make plays and be an encourager. So that's both. That's absolutely Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell, where they encourage their teammates by how they play the game, how they pass on time, on target, and when if a shot was missed, how they automatically down the floor or any dead ball, they encourage that player either with eye contact, a pat on the back, or verbally saying to them, keep playing forward. And that's that's in jazz basketball, that's what they call sharing and caring. That they care about each other and they share the ball and they, sh- they, they care about playing also help defense. So besides on the court, it's off the court. And Jake, that's called being a good floor mate. It's like Adrian. He's our good floor mate. Yes, he's, he our, is. he's our encourager. Yes, he's and, and all, all kidding well, aside, is that everybody needs somebody. This thing called NBA basketball, this is hard. A lot of times that you are you have good intentions. Oh, by the way, I can't make a shot. Oh, by the way, I can't guard this guy in front of me. I'm doing everything. This guy's got me dizzy trying to defend him. And that's when your teammates have to give you help defense, but also when there's a stoppage of play, how they encourage you. And everybody has a different uh, verbiage how they do it. 
The most important thing is what? Be sincere about it and connectivity. 109 to 92 is your final. The Jazz take care of the Charlotte Hornets tonight. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll have more sound from the locker room for you. We'll continue to break this one down as well right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz winners, 109-92 over the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Coach, let's take a look at uh, tonight's Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, here for another great year of basketball, and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Tonight's Master of the Glass, as usual, Coach Rudy Gobert. 13 rebounds tonight, two offensive boards to go along with his 11 defensive rebounds. Royce O'Neal had six rebounds tonight. Tony Bradley with five rebounds coming in off the bench. And Jordan Clarkson had four rebounds to go along with his 20 points and two assists. I tell you what, you know, Rudy's got a heavy, we talk about this a lot, Coach, he's got a heavy burden on the rebound front. The Jazz rely on him a lot, and he just comes through game after game. He's wiry strong. He's a position rebounder. He plays with his hands above his shoulders, and as a lot of times you're a big guy, you you uh, you're, especially with an angle of body, you lower your hands, and the ball suddenly uh, is quick off the rim, and you can't get it. What Rudy does, his hands above his shoulders, and then Jake, he's, he's light-footed, where when the long three-point shot, he gets a lot of chase-down rebounds. So he rebounds both horizontally and also vertically. And that's why he is uh, the second-best rebounder in the NBA. He was averaging, entering the game, 14.4 rebounds. Also, 3.8 re- excuse me, three point eight offensive rebounds a game, which is really good, which puts him uh, seventh best in the league, and he's a, he impacts the rim, both defensively, but offensively. And the Jazz need him to keep rebounding at a high level, and that's why he's good. That wiry strong, he also is, he's tough, Jeb, Jake. Yeah. He's got some toughness. He does. He, he does. He's got a lot of want to, and he, he is that way on and off the floor. And we heard Quinn Snyder give Rudy some really nice compliments about his improvement in his game earlier when we heard Coach at the podium. Well, that was more offensively. And what Rudy does, a nice job of, Jake, on a dribble handoff action. So Rudy has the ball out on top of the uh, circle. He dribbles towards, we'll say, Boyan Bondanovich. So Rudy has done a nice job of dribbling at the receiver's defensive player, his back foot. So as he hands the ball off, that gives Boyan a chance to catch the ball with velocity. A lot of times people dribble the ball at the defensive players uh, at their body versus their back foot. And an extra half a step gives the person daylight to hand off on it and get down the lane. So the attention to detail. It's not one thing in Rudy's development. It's everything. And there'll be games where Rudy's going to get 20 and 20. And a lot of it's based on movement. He, he, he He's really a clever cutter on the baseline, finding the open alley where they, the, the penetrators are in the paint. They find Rudy on that baseline. Speaking of Rudy, he's standing by in the locker room with our very own Tony Parks. Tony? It's easy to talk about the win streaks, but really it comes down to the culture and what you guys have been building. What have you seen there? Uh, the mindset has been great. You know, we, we play as a team. Um, every night, you know, we come out to, to compete as a team and and it shows, you know, we, we have some games on the road that we didn't start great, but we in the, last, in the fourth quarter we just come together and we're able to, to get wins just because we the more connected team. It's one thing to say that but you guys are doing it. How does that come to be? How did you how do you guys build that? I mean, we need a, a group of good guys and competitive guys to, to do that and you know the coaching staff is doing a great job you know uh, every day to try to make sure we we just keep getting better you know and it just comes with work and like I said it's got to come from the players we got to want to play for, for one another and, and that's what we're doing right now 
Rudy, uh, looking at the first quarter, you guys were able to force seven turnovers, score 14 points off of those turnovers. What do you feel like was working most effectively that led to to be effective on that? I mean, we guys did a tremendous job defensively being active, especially Donovan. You know, he came out really active, really physical, and just set the tone for the whole game. You know, I think uh, when the team comes on the road and you just start a game like that, it's tough for them to think that they're going to win. Did you sense something before the game or in the early moments of the game that you guys had a chance to put them down big like that earlier? I mean, we, we know they're a very talented team and they can be a streaky team. You know, those two guys are very, you know, they can get going and they can hit some tough shots. So we knew that we didn't want to let them get confidence early and we didn't want to do that the whole game. So we, we stay consistent through the game. And that's why, you know, I think we we're able to to create that much of a gap. Early in the season when you guys weren't playing at this level, you guys constantly talked about the care factor was still so high among the guys and you felt like you break through. Is that now starting to surface at this time? Yeah, and I think we we had too many stretches when we we were losing that, you know, and I think that's what was hurting us. And now we we're able to take those stretches away or like make them a lot smaller, a lot shorter, so we we just can get the reward from our hard work, you know, and not waste it with like a few minutes of lost focus. Rudy, six players in double figures tonight, three of them off the bench, three of them from your guys' starting lineup. What does this say about the ability of this team to score and put points on the board and be great? I mean, we got so many guys that can create and, and score, you know, and when we when we share the ball and, and play the right way, like we've been doing it, uh, it's very tough to guard. You know, I don't know. Whatever the game plan is, you know, they, they, they have to give away something, and you know, we're usually about to, to find that. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. And uh, this was a great night for Rudy Gobert, coach. He, you could tell the way the Charlotte wanted to play the Jazz defensively that uh, there were going to be some opportunities for Rudy, and he certainly took advantage of them right, really, from the uh, onset of the game. And as both as far as a dynamic uh, rim uh, roller sets the high screen for Donovan or for uh, Emmanuel Moutier, and he was rolling to the basket to the dots, and the defense got either tangled up with him and that to try to take him out as a tag defender, and it kicked it out to the corner for those George Niang or Boyan Bondanovich or Royce O'Neal uh, rainbow uh, arc threes. And then later on in the baseline, when Donovan penetrated, he found Rudy, once uh, Bismarck Biombo committed to try to stop the ball, they were late to rotate as far as that third defender, meaning the Hornets, and Rudy was able to get some really nice uh, drop-off passes into into uh, power uh, dunks, and that's all part of it, where there's spacing on perimeter for the three-point game and interior spacing and short corner for, for the layup game, and that's what the Jazz have done well. And that, the point Rudy was talking about is that the, the sharing and caring as far as their team, that they have a b- good bunch of guys and they care about each other, and it sounds so trivial, but when you play in a team sport, there has been an element that you really care about your teammate and you want to play with your floor mate and make each player better, and that's what the Jazz do, especially led by Joe Engels and Donovan Mitchell. They make their, their floor mates better of how they play the game. All right, let's check out the assist feature, proudly sponsored by the Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you tonight. Very good assist night once again for the Jazz. 28 assists on 40 made field goals, Coach. And they really spread the numbers out, which I think tells the story about how this team is really moving the ball. Manuel Moutier led the way with uh, with six assists, but uh, Donovan Mitchell had four. Uh, a slew of guys with three. Bogdanovich, Royce, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, all with three assists. Uh, Jordan Clarkson had two assists coming off the bench. George Niang had a couple assists. I mean, really, uh, in fact, Coach, the only two players that did not have an assist tonight were Ed Davis, and he only played six minutes. And uh, let's see here. Um, Jawan Morgan only played eight minutes and he didn't have assist. Everybody else on the team had an assist tonight. So 10 out of 12 guys played in the game, uh, passed the ball uh, very unselfishly and got some dime assist where they found the open cutter or the space out shooter. 
when you play the game under the influence of making plays, instead of just scoring or looking for yourself, it's amazing what happens. The ball always finds you when you play unselfish. It's a, if I pass the ball to a certain player, eventually the ball come back to me. It's not in the same possession. About uh, 30 seconds later, the ball will find me whether I'm cutting to the basket or broken play or that rhythm corner three, especially by George Niang. So under the influence of passing, only good things happen for yourself and for and for your floor mates. How hard is it to convince some players that that's true? Because most players, there's a, a level of distrust. So they don't trust their teammates that if I pass the ball, I might have got it back. But the better teams, generally speaking, they share the ball willingly and that they don't care who scores as long as we score, meaning what? Their team. And that's jazz basketball. For, for, it's been forever. Since the since a 19, uh, 19, uh, not early 1990s, for the last 30-something years, that jazz, historically, they have shared the ball, led by their point guards. And now it's Donovan Mitchell, who's really a, point, a quasi-point guard, because it's such a great dynamic score. And when you pass that ball, you feel like you're part of it. When, when, when you're playing in a game and you don't touch the ball for a long time, you feel that you're an outcast. But in jazz basketball, it's very possible that all five players on the floor might touch the ball before the shot's taken. And that's when you have unbelievable team chemistry and camaraderie, and we don't care who scores. All right, uh, coming up right around the corner, we'll get you your three-point takeover. We'll also look forward to the Utah Jazz next opponent, a little Sunday afternoon uh, matinee showdown for you. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Hornets 109-92 to right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final tonight, 109-92. The Jazz take down the Charlotte Hornets. Let's uh, check out your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. And the Jazz tonight from three coach were red hot. 18 of 42, 42.9%. Uh, they were led by George Niang, 5 of 9 from 3. Boyan Bogdanovich was 4 of 8. Joe Ingles, 3 of 5. Royce O'Neal was 1 of 1 tonight. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier was 2 of 5 coming off the bench, 3 of 9 for Jordan Clarkson, as I mentioned. You know, with Moutier, I heard Locke talking about this uh, on the broadcast. Uh, if he could turn into a, or really add a catch-and-shoot three-point shot to his game, Coach, I mean, we've we've talked about his improvement uh, a lot tonight in the Post game, but you know if he he could combine the catch and shoot three with his ability to dribble drive, I mean that's that's tough to defend. Very much, and so right now he's shooting before the game thirty five point three from three, and he has strong legs. So a lot of times when people have a. They shoot with tired legs. He's the opposite. His legs are, are strong, so his base footwork is there. So uh, often when you are th- a knockdown three-point shooter, it starts with your lower legs, and that's where one of his strong points. And that catch-and-fire three that most jazz players are able to do, he can follow suit with that. Three-point shooting, Jake, it all starts with the ball moving in rhythm, where there's very little hesitation, so the shooters can be catch-ready, which equals now shot-ready. And whenever you see the, the players of feet are set and they're, they're ready to catch and fire, good things happen. Yeah, no doubt. And there's certainly a lot of good things happening uh, lately for Emmanuel Moutier. And Jordan Clarkson tonight was terrific coach. And, you know, we're talking a lot about the bench, 54 points from the bench tonight. And Jordan Clarkson has certainly been a spark. And but I and I feel like a brokered record saying this because, and, and maybe it's not fair because Jordan deserves a lot of credit and, and the, the turnaround of the bench kind of coincided with his coming to the roster. But between Moutier, uh, George Niang, and Tony Bradley, uh, the, their games have absolutely turned around. Coach, so Jordan Clarkson has been a, a, an addition and has been great, and I don't want to sell him short. But those other guys have played terrifically well as well. They're playing as a unit now. Jordan Clarkson, oh by the way, he's eight and zero. 
He's played on eight games for the, in jazz basketball. He's undefeated. He's a 37.5 three-point shooter this season. So he's a, he's a knockdown mentality. When they space the floor with uh, George Niang and Emmanuel Moutier is in the paint as far as uh, driving and forcing the help defense to commit, they kick it out to either Jordan or to George Niang. That is absolutely positive. And Tony Bradley is on that short corner in the spacing, hit both him and Rudy. So the Jazz, uh, they space the floor, and that opens up the three-point game. But most of all, it starts with the willingness to make the extra pass. You can never pass enough on perimeter minus if you're wide open don't throw the don't throw if you're wide open take the shot don't throw an extra pass when you're wide open if you if you have the shots there take it shoot forward not pass backwards well and it, it seemed like the, they the jazz borderlined on that a couple of times but I, I I'm thinking of one particular Rudy kick to the corner but you know if Bogdanovich is going to make that shot fake and Make that three from the corner. It really rewards the unselfishness. But I get what you're saying, Coach. You got to be careful because you want to be unselfish. And sometimes, sometimes passing up an open shot actually is selfish. And very much. What you want to do is that I'd rather take an open shot off ball movement with from three point range than to take a shorter shot after next pass and be challenged. Or not have my feet correct. So a lot of times when you're talking defense, the flip side of it, you want to make knockdown shooters make them become doubt drivers by running them off the line and now the question is can they get body bounce can they gather themselves then can they get control of their upper body to make that mid-range pull-up shot a lot of players can't they rely on a three-point shot and they it's amazing they shoot the three-point three-point shot in rhythm but they hurry the two-point shot all right, Coach, let's uh, take a look at uh, next opponent coming up for the Utah Jazz. They uh, travel to the nation's capital, our nation's capital, uh, to take on the Wizards on Sunday afternoon. And this is a, a Wizards team that, once again, is not terrific. They're uh, sitting in 12th place in the Eastern Conference right now, 12-25. Uh, and 25. Uh, They're actually, let's see here, they're actually a game and a half, two games behind the Charlotte team that we uh, we just saw tonight. And they're a team that does, of course, have some talent with Bradley Beal. Uh, he's kind of a great player, but the rest of this uh, Wizards team is, is a little bit on the younger side. Of course, John Wall still uh, recovering from his ruptured Achilles tendon. But, you know, this is another one of those franchises, Coach, that there's, there's a talented guy or two on this team, but really it's a team in the middle and a team in limbo. Very much. They won tonight 111-101. 101 at home versus the Atlanta Hawks. Bradley Beal has been out. He's missed seven of the last eight games, including tonight, with a, with a um, a lower leg strain. Hmm. So he hasn't played. And uh, Beatrice Davis, the former Spurs uh, sharpshooter, he played tonight in the win. It was his first game in seven games. So Jordan McRae is his, uh, the equivalent of uh, Jordan Clarkson is his uh, – one-on-one wing scorer. He gets 29 points tonight in the win. He's averaging 12.8 points per game. So it's an interesting matchup. Jordan McRae versus Jordan Clarkson. They play almost the same. The Wizards are less in the NBA, Jake, with most points allowed defensively. Yikes. Wow. They mm. allow 120 points per game, and they play fast offensively. They're fourth in the NBA in offensive pace. So they play slow defense. Yikes. And they sh- quick shoot and often turn it over as far as that fast, fast pace. The Wizards are less in the NBA in defensive rating efficiency, number 30. Hmm. So let's not forget also— do you like Isaiah Thomas, former Celtic, former Denver Nuggets? He plays for them. He's averaging 12.8 points per game in 24 minutes. Another uh, guy that's so they're really perimeter oriented Ish Smith off the bench is really an effective player. So they're going to try to outscore the Jazz on, Saturday, on Sunday afternoon in the nation's capital. Last point is this. C.J. Miles, former Jazz man, broke his wrist with ligaments, and he's out until a late March. So we won't see him. So Isaiah, so Isaiah Thomas, Bradley Bill, Jordan McRae, Yal Mahimi's their big guy. So mm-hmm. Rudy should have a good a match with Mahimi, and Rudy hopefully can control that. It's a game where the Jazz hopefully will play well and knock him out early. 
How about that for a juxtaposition, Coach? You bring up these stats. 30th in defensive rating, so that's obviously not good. But the good news is, is they shoot really fast. <laughs> Being fourth in pace, I mean, that just – I don't know if that's a recipe to win a ton of games. It's not, and that just shows you that, Jake, right on point. The obvious is never obvious to the oblivious. Right. So that when you don't defend and you quick shoot, you have no chance of winning. Now, they won tonight. I get that. They won. Their record is 13-25. and 25. They're 8-10 and 10 at home. So what you want to do is you want to play fast because you're athletic, but you don't want to quick shoot. So it's that unbelievable mental focus where we're moving the ball or we're penetrating with proper spacing, whether interior or on the, on the baseline. Now, Bradley Beal, if he does play, will present problems because he can score. He's really good. He's good. He's averaging also 6.6 assists. So Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal will probably be guarding him. It should be a good matchup. Uh, real quick, uh, Coach, before we put a wrap on this one, I'm just reading some quotes that uh, Eric Walden of the Trib has uh, transcribed from uh, uh, Coach James Borrego of the uh, of the Hornets. And he said this about uh, challenging Rudy Gobert. How can you challenge Rudy? He said, here's his quote, Coach. I love this. Quote, drink your milk and just try to grow bigger and stronger. I mean, that's about it, unquote. <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah, no, he's, he's frustrated. So what you want to do with Rudy is that you want to try to move him. In other words, where you, you tr- if you do penetrate as far as you're a big guy, so Biombo, what you want to try to do is use your footwork to move, to move the shot blocker versus just try to attack him. Rudy's smart where most times he plays with a high level of verticality versus what? Versus leaning on the guy to create that foul. So you want to be a footwork scorer to get the shot blocker off balance. And tonight... Both Bismarck Biombo and Cody Zella tried to challenge Rudy, and it was fool's gold. Just funny that, uh, you, you know, his coach, or Bismarck Biombo's coach, is telling him to drink some more milk next time before they play against Rudy. Before next year, drink a little more milk, get bigger and stronger. <laughs> okay. That's great. Well, he's frustrated again, but more importantly, Rudy's a defensive player of the yeah. year uh, two times in a row, and that guy, that guy plays, and he's self-motivated. And most of all, in jazz basketball, they play connected defense. Nice win. All right, Coach. Yeah, with that in mind, give us uh, give us a couple final thoughts on this one. What are you taking from tonight's win over the Hornets? At the Jazz bench, you're absolutely evolving. That's been very impressive how all five guys in the Jazz bench have are connected and they play as a unit. And they're sharing the ball. They're playing help-to-helper defense. They're getting the ball into the painted area for the kick-out three. And most of all, they're, they, are, they are running the floor both on offense and defense and being physical. The Jazz starters perfect mix. Now, Mike Conley, we'll see how what happens with him as far as him coming back now yep. off, that, off the, uh, the, uh, the strained hamstring. So hopefully he'll be back relatively soon. Then he, the Jets have to figure out how to put him back into the lineup and how it affects everyone else. But the most important thing, Michael Conley's got to adjust to the Jazz versus the Jazz adjust to him. All right, we want to uh, say a big thanks to David and Ron doing a terrific job calling the action tonight. Thanks to the broadcast assistants for their help. We want to say thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to our title sponsor of our post-game show. I want to remind you to go where love takes you in the redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And, of course, Coach, thank you very much. It's always fun hanging out with you on a Friday night. Thanks, Jake. Stay well. 109 to 92 is your final. The Jazz moved to 26 and 12 on the season with a win over the Charlotte Hornets. Our next broadcast coming your way Sunday afternoon. The Jazz will be in Washington to take on the Wizards. That game will tip off at 1.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 12.30. And of course, you can hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.